Accessing archival file reference number 00138. File name reference One fine day in a play park. Prompt Shade and Nanny have a semi civilized chat while watching the artist take a long overdue day off in the park to recharge. Vendors notice the juxtaposition with mild curiosity. Julie was on the swings, laughing. She'd been on them for half an hour and, without any other instruction, was likely to stay on them for the rest of the day. Be careful! Nanny barked for the fifth time since Julie had sat in the swing. Ah, oh, rest yourself, love. We got all sorts of features in this place. We'll watch Julie together, eh? Nanny made a very dog-like noise in the back of her throat, halfway between a whine and a growl. She's safe, soothed Shade. I guarantee it. Nanny settled at last to the spread in front of her. 
a dog-friendly menu that included, amongst many options, blue steak in peanut sauce. Nanny chose the fish and select steamed vegetables. I never saw a dog eat with a knife and fork, said Shade. Do you remember Lannin, training with Julie? Julie is a good girl, said Nanny. Happy memories. She teach, she learns. Nanny helps. Nanny, good dog. Aye, good dog. Nanny's tail whisked the ground behind their bench seats as it wagged. You are a good girl, said Nanny. Shade, knowing better, bit her tongue to stop the mischief coming out. She doing better after I made the bad man go away? Julie sleeps soundly, said Nanny. No more nightmares, no more stress screams. She has all good days since bad man gone. Glad I could help. And just in time, Rail came back with the 99s. Of course, part of the delay was explaining what a 99 was. Their monetary value had changed since her last time on Earth. Lunchtime! Nanny panicked. Lunchtime for Julie! Watch this. Shade grinned. Ice cream! Julie almost jumped off the swing and landed running, heading like an arrow to the table. Every time. Shade grinned. Ice cream is sometimes food, complained Nanny. Today is a sometimes day, said Shade. We start with dessert and work our way back to starters. She handed the augmented dog a special version of the 99 over, one made to be good for dogs. Good, Nanny, said Julie, taking her own ice cream from Rail. This is a really fun day. I like fun days. Nanny sized Shade up with a special look. It said, I know you're not all the way good, but you are good today, and you are good for Julie. Those matter to me, but set a foot wrong with either of us and you're in for some very real trouble. Shade nodded. She'd understood that from the moment they'd met. Besides, in her eyes, Julie was a child. She would never do anything to harm a child. End fire. We now commence intermission with a word from the author. Greetings Assemble Cognizance, I wrote the story or stories you just heard as well as performed it on a relatively cheap headset mic. We all have to start somewhere and this is me, using what I've got. You may have noticed this podcast is now available on more than one podcast sharing service. That availability is thanks to Anchor.fm. Anchor is a free podcast sharing service that allows you, the podcaster, to opt in to any advertising associates at any time. They make their money through the corporations who sign on with them, so they don't need to hit you with ludicrous hosting fees. Anchor can help your podcast reach popular hosts such as Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts with no extra fuss or bother. Anchor.fm. Set sail on your next podcasting adventure. You might be wondering about the reference numbers. I can't read my fan fictions for legal reasons, so I'm skipping all the flash fictions I wrote that were inside someone else's IP. They are still available online for free, which we all prefer as a price tag. I'm doing this podcast for two reasons, the first being accessibility, the other being advertising. I want as many people as possible enjoying my little tales, and providing audio versions of them might just help with that. Likewise, if people can hear my stories, they might just wish to share them with their friends. We have busy lives these days and curling up with a good book just isn't in the cards for many people. I get it. It's been literal years since I've been able to enjoy the same privilege. Therefore, these half-hour-ish podcasts should help fill some kind of void for someone somewhere. Hopefully, it's you. 
If you wish to hear an improvement in audio quality, buy my books, join my Patreon, or just send me a Kofi, then you might want to set your data readers to internauta.org. That's I-N-T-E-R-N-U-T-T-E-R dot O-R-G. There you will find links to every current means I have to get the word out, access to other projects I'm working on, and the fast track to my Patreon and Kofi pages. If you like the melodious sound of my voice and wish to hear your business or organization rendered in a semi-Australian accent, then send an inquiry to nutterbutler at gmail.com. That's N-U-T-T-E-R-B-U-T-T-L-E-R at gmail.com. We can negotiate rates. If you make music and wish to hear it distributed by my newbie podcast, then send a sample and an inquiry and we can take it from there. Keep in mind that I am distributing this podcast for free and I'm currently making zero dollars out of this affair. Thank you for listening and I hope you stick with me for the foreseeable future. Accessing archival file reference number zero zero one three nine file name reference wrong call prompt end with only as the full measure of events came to bear did he realize that she was way out of his league offense sensitivity warning foul and sexist language the envelope was fancy. Paul checked it five times to make sure that the embellished envelope had actually made it to the right destination. But there weren't that many Paul Pleskins in Suffolk County, and only one in the trailer park where he eked out an existence doing day work and temp jobs. The return address was unfamiliar to him. Somewhere so socially and economically distant from the Roach Ranch that it may as well have been on Mars. According to the invite, someone was going to pick him up a week in advance to help him dress and appear appropriately for his date with Charlize Dayton. Who the fuck was Charlize Dayton? He asked around and eventually found a fanboy who described her as only the singular most fantastic example of womanhood ever to breathe air. She was in a whole shit ton of movies and TV playing awesome femme fatales in strong women roles without showing off as a sexualized object. Translated to Paul's speak, she played a lot of frigid bitches. But the face, the face brought back memories. No, it couldn't be. Chubby Charlie, the fat little nerd bitch who wouldn't give it up to him when he was on a hog hunt back in high school. No wonder she was playing frigid bitches. She had so much practice. Still, it was hard to turn down a limo and free food. He put in his best job interview outfit on the day. Hell, he even shaved. And waited by the gates for the appointed limo. It came with a personal assistant, Mark. So gay he farted rainbows and talked musicals. And every time Paul told him to keep his distance, he would say, Oh, I'm sorry, did coming on to you in an unwelcome way make you feel uncomfortable? Am I making poor heterosexual you nervous? Newsflash, boots on the other foot and kicking your ass, baby. What the flying hell? The hotel was fabulous, luxurious. They spent an entire day just making him clean and relaxed. 
The food was top-end foreign muck that almost made him rich. But free food was free food and he wasn't about to refuse just because of wasabi. Damn stuff nearly burned his whole tongue to a cinder. And then he met Chubby Charlie again. She'd grown up. Tall, sculpted, almost the perfect ideal of womanhood. Except for the muscles. Damn girl was beefier than he was. And she still fit into Coco Chanel like she'd been poured into it. Damn, what happened to you? Ten years of an absence of hog hunts and the assholes who instigate them, said Charlie. Her voice was like silk with a knife under it, all soft and smooth but with a dangerous hidden edge. There was a security goon between him and her on the ride to the shindig where they were going to. Paul could feel the bitchiness. What's the big idea of inviting me along if we can't fuck? I mean, you gotta be regretting missing out on all this. A gesture towards his loins. All them years ago to invite me along, right? She laughed. The most indulgent laugh he'd heard since Grammy caught him stealing cookies and he'd lied about space aliens. <laughs> Poor deluded Paul. This isn't for you. It's for me to show you what you've missed out on. The limo stopped. Someone helped her out of the car. Paul trailed behind the security goon to watch the paparazzi follow her every twitch. She met up with some Chippendale-esque hunk on a dais and kissed him. The hunk also had a lost and confused-looking date. Even the best of dresses and makeup couldn't hide the lingering marks of drug abuse and low living. He saw those same marks on the monitor when the cameras focused on him. Paul Pleskin, the subtitle read. Charlie's Dayton's charity case. Charity case? He was a charity case now? For chubby Charlie. Only as the full measure of events came to bear did he realize that she was way out of his league. And fire. You will now enjoy a brief musical interlude by Ellipsis Addiction.
accessing archival file reference number 00140. File name reference offerings of embarrassment. Prompt Cherry Pie. Jokes, by and large, are nocturnal. Either by accident or design, they largely manage to find themselves awake at 3am when sleep is impossible and the ideas flow like a madman's flood and nothing, nothing, is impossible. Raoul, designed to be useful during most hours of the day, only needed a few hours rest in his heated fish tank before being functional once more. He rather liked the, for jokes, earlier hours of 7am to 10am when everyone else was asleep and the joke quarter of the Elemento was relatively quiet. He should have noted the singing. He should have heard it instead of dismissing it as background noise. He should have definitely paid attention to the words, or the fact that it was coming closer, or who was singing, with that accent. He could easily have pretended he was not home, or tried to. Finding out that shadow elementals could home in on people like some banned gene-tracking weapon, well, that had been painful in interesting new ways. He could have easily hunkered under his tank stand and pretended he was resting, but no. In a fit of absent-minded inattention, he answered the door. And, having answered the door, he'd let her in. And now it was too late. Shade was in his public area, setting up a table and talking about her experiment. Cherry pie? Well, it started off as cherry pie, and then it got to thinking about all that sugar doesn't have any stand pie you can. So it turned into a grunt, kinda. Grunt. That's a pie with cake on top. Only I figured that it's no real fair how all the flavours wanted to cake, so I thought about what went well with cherries and bingo! Lodgy eye dark chocolate and cherry grunt. Still relatively hot from the oven, coated in ganache and decorated with real cream and yet more cherries. Who's really going to have to stop mentioning favoured foods in her presence? Every single time it resulted in some home cooking taken directly to his door. Shade, we have discussed this, he admonished. Aye, but none of your reasons make a lick of sense to the way I'm going. And a girl's got the right to try and convince the fella, at least. I told you I'm uncomfortable with romance. Aye, and I listened. Not the lack of heaving bosoms thrust in your direction. She laid out plates for two. I also stopped a lot of grabbing you. And that other thing you didn't like, the kiss. He didn't want to talk about it, and she didn't barely mentioned, save in discussions like this. Why do you even like me? he asked. He couldn't fathom it himself. People, especially humans, insisted on being his friend when he did almost everything to isolate himself from the more overt aspects of society, like touching. Every time I look at you, I see someone wonderful, she said, and I never want half a chance of anyone like that slipping away. So I'm doing everything I can to keep on your good side. Once again, he squashed the rising temptation to tell her he would be at his happiest with her chasing someone else wonderful. It wasn't that he was scared of her, or what she'd do if he did say it. A worrying and increasingly large portion of himself did not want her to come to harm. He sighed. <sighs> All right, let's try this thing. She grinned and handed him a knife. Admit it, I'm growing on you. Never in a hundred years. Ooh, is that a time scale or a bravery amount? She teased. Time scale. Alright, standard bidet, Satan. Well, took delight in delaying with a treacherously delicious mouthful. I refuse to answer on the grounds that it may cause you to cheat. Spoil spot. End. Fire.
We now commence intermission with a word from the author. Greetings Assemble Cognizance, I wrote the story or stories you just heard as well as performed it on a relatively cheap headset mic. We all have to start somewhere and this is me, using what I've got. You may have noticed this podcast is now available on more than one podcast sharing service. That availability is thanks to Anchor.fm. Anchor is a free podcast sharing service that allows you, the podcaster, to opt in to any advertising associates at any time. They make their money through the corporations who sign on with them, so they don't need to hit you with ludicrous hosting fees. Anchor can help your podcast reach popular hosts such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts with no extra fuss or bother. Anchor.fm. Set sail on your next podcasting adventure. You might be wondering about the reference numbers. I can't read my fan fictions for legal reasons, so I'm skipping all the flash fictions I wrote that were inside someone else's IP. They are still available online for free, which we all prefer as a price tag. I'm doing this podcast for two reasons, the first being accessibility, the other being advertising. I want as many people as possible enjoying my little tales, and providing audio versions of them might just help with that. Likewise, if people can hear my stories, they might just wish to share them with their friends. We have busy lives these days, and curling up with a good book just isn't in the cards for many people. I get it. It's been literal years since I've been able to enjoy the same privilege. Therefore, these half-hour-ish podcasts should help fill some kind of void for someone, somewhere. Hopefully, it's you. If you wish to hear an improvement in audio quality, buy my books, join my Patreon, or just send me a Kofi, then you might want to set your data readers to internauta.org. That's I-N-T-E-R-N-U-T-T-E-R dot O-R-G. There you will find links to every current means I have to get the word out, access to other projects I'm working on, and the fast track to my Patreon and Kofi pages. If you like the melodious sound of my voice and wish to hear your business or organisation rendered in a semi-Australian accent, then send an inquiry to nutterbutler at gmail.com. That's N-U-T-T-E-R-B-U-T-T-L-E-R at gmail.com. We can negotiate rates. If you make music and wish to hear it distributed by my newbie podcast, then send a sample and an inquiry and we can take it from there. Keep in mind that I am distributing this podcast for free and I'm currently making zero dollars out of this affair. Thank you for listening and I hope you stick with me for the foreseeable future. Accessing archival file, reference number 00145. File name reference, Vic War prompt. Prompt, building a superhighway with good intentions. Author's note, shout out to Sir Tim Berners-Lee and the monster he created. See, with quantum entanglement, we might not be able to transmit objects, but we can transmit data. That's still a breakthrough, she argued. You can send data to a 3D printer on Mars or in orbit of Jupiter and instructions to go with it without the same comms delay of conventional radio. And what about temporally joined entanglements? Can we risk a paradox of sending a solution before there is a problem? I've come up with a way to avoid that. She brought up another slide in her presentation. 
What she was also avoiding was the fact that a working prototype was already on the colony in Tchaikovsky Crater on the far side of the moon, paired with her dummy unit in the middle of the conference room. The look on everyone's faces when they had a real-time chat with folks in the Hawking Observatory was priceless. Quantum Internet, one of her investors muttered. The interstellar superhighway. Almost, she apologized. I'm still trying to work out how to get the signal to go through wormholes. Twenty years later, someone had sent her another monograph dildo. It read, 360 BPS? You sucks! She didn't bother to correct them anymore. Didn't bother with browsing her adulterated creation, eventually named the Hypernet. She had become a recluse. Because, somehow, the blame for Hypernet Service's lackluster performances got attached to her invention, and therefore herself. Sometimes she wished she'd never thought of the damned thing. End file. You have been listening to Intermission, the story audio podcast made logic-free for your entertainment. Introduction and incidental music by Ellipsis Addiction. Stories and performances by C.M. Well, also known as The Internata. Cover art by The Greatest Asswaffle and credited as such by their request. For all further information, set your data readers to I-N-T-E-R-N-U-T-T-E-R dot O-R-G. Intermission. Sponsored by no one. Listened by you.